anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Peddling Fiction Podcast. I am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. And back with me to start off this week is Justin Hill, Billy Boy Campbell. We're both running on empty here. <laughs> we really we really dug ourselves a hole by um, not getting any sleep to start off like Sunday, Monday. And so we're actually doing this show on Wednesday afternoon because neither of us were feeling up to it yesterday. How are you doing today? Any better? Well, I got about four solid hours of sleep today. So that's about, you know, an hour more than I normally do. So I think I'm I think I'm doing pretty, pretty all right. I'm, I'm going to make it. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I needed a recovery day myself. Just a uh, little too much fun this weekend. And I had to say a bon voyage to a friend of mine. So we stayed out a little too late Monday, um, actually into Tuesday, way into Tuesday. So yeah, didn't want to half-ass the show. wanted to make sure that we could really bring the noise today. So there's quite a bit to talk about. And we we're trying to figure out what we wanted to cover today and some stuff maybe we should save for Friday. I don't exactly know where we should start. I know the sort of one of the bigger stories that's been in the Twitter Twitter sphere is that Tucker Carlson and Elon Musk have announced that they're starting a show. Tucker's starting a new show on Twitter. And I guess there's like he, he has some deal with Elon Musk. Can we pull up the, the details on that? Uh, did he have? I don't think there was actually a, a deal, but yeah, they have like a of, they don't have like a written deal, but they've like sort of just kind of agreed to to do this thing. I know Elon had a tweet with with um yeah some of the information there. But I, I found this kind of interesting for a for a few reasons. I I don't know, like I don't know who's going to show all of these fucking Tucker Carlson boomers how to use Twitter. <laughs> like, like all of our parents are going to have to get um, like Twitter accounts now. Oh, God, that's the last thing I need is for my dad to start following me on Twitter. It was bad enough when my wife started following me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's like I feel like they just got a handle on Facebook and now we're going to throw this new platform at them. <laughs> My dad's gonna be like, "How do I do Twitter?" I'm like, "Maybe I can just give him the login to like my Twitter." Oh something. God, that's that sounds like a terrible idea. Well, no, like my so I have like my personal Twitter that I never oh, use. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And then I have the one for the show. 
Um, so maybe I'll just give him my personal terms. Like here, it's already it's already set up. You can watch your Tucker Carlson or whatever. I guess I could I guess I could set that up on one of my burners. I never really did figure out what I was gonna do with that. I tried to I tried to take a more uh pointedly humorous direction with one and I never really I never really figured out what I wanted the shtick to be. So I, I kind of abandoned it. I could just I could just turn that into an account for dad and give him the login. I'm sure he'd be happy enough with it. It's not like he can do any worse with it than what I've already done. Yeah. <laughs> but so I, I guess, you know, Tucker is in kind of a weird limbo position that seems to be intentional. You know, Fox News didn't fire him, right? They just canceled his show. So he's like still under contract. I think I've got that right. And right. They, did, they did him super dirty then. I, I'm pretty sure that's the, the situation. Like he's still technically employed, but um obviously he can't like start his own he can't do like a show because he's got like a you know uh, a contract with them or whatever um if they did fire him he's that maybe he has a non-compete that he uh you know that he can't start his own show or something but this seems to be some sort of loophole that they've found um but by not signing an agreement or anything he, he's not in violation of any of any of the uh the stuff with fox and then I saw a, a report, I forget who was reporting this, but that um, canceling his show was part of the Dominion settlement. And I, I remember there was speculation about that kind of when it first happened. It was like, did they demand that they get rid of Tucker Carlson's show as part of the settlement? And it sounds like that might be the case because otherwise, like again, the firing just doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, unless they were just doing the math on this, like how much is it going to cost to to uh, break his contract um, versus like if, you know, if we don't settle with Dominion, how much is that going to cost us? Let's see. It's really Fox kind of <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this so, is. It. I was going to say, it, based on what this is saying, uh, Fox's contract with Carlson uh, prevented him from moving networks until 2025, but this is kind of a a workaround since he's not actually moving networks. He's not he's not going somewhere else. He's doing his own thing through Twitter. Uh, it's that's that's interesting. Yeah, so they had to get a little creative there so that he can do something for the next couple of years. I, I wonder, you know, I was thinking, I was like, why the hell would he go to Twitter? That just seems like just kind of a rough space for him to be in given his audience demographic. Uh, but, but then again, it's like, where else are you going to go? It's not like, you know, if he goes to YouTube or something, they're going to censor everything. Um, I guess you could just have a traditional podcast. Like, like we have with this one, we, we say everything that we want. Um, certain platforms won't take it. <laughs> They won't put it out there, but the actual podcast itself is still available on multiple, multiple platforms. But that well, like for for ahead. videos, for video stuff, like Spotify has video options. Um, I all, I post I post all all of my episodes in video format on Spotify. Uh, all of the Joe Rogan shows are in in video on Spotify. So there there are options for that too. I think the uh, I think the live. 
uh, aspect of Tucker's show is something that really makes it uh, kind of a special thing. Like, like people people tune in and wait for Tucker to come on. Like, whereas you know, when when a podcast drops, you get a notification on your phone and you hit bookmark and then come back and watch it or listen to it. You know, later on, whenever you've got some time or something like that, that uh, eyes on live show draw is i think a big deal for for tucker and a big part of the the whole thing with him so having having it be on uh live on twitter plus there would be like um audience engagement that would come from that because they're you know people can be commenting on it and arguing uh like elon had said you know now he's he would be <clears throat> He could be up for a review from community notes and stuff like that. Like there's a, there's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot that can be taken from this. And also it kind of forces, which I think Elon had talked about in, um, in other tweets, <clears throat> it kind of forces Twitter to be a better video platform. Like we can live stream this show when we do the, you know, the live Friday episodes, we can live stream this to your Twitter but you can't see comments like it's it's hard to engage with it. I don't know that people watch on Twitter a whole lot, uh, but it's an option. If if Tucker is going to be bringing his platform to Twitter and and all the eyeballs that that generates, it kind of it kind of puts the onus on Twitter to fix their video formatting and make a make a like a YouTube comp uh a youtube comparable and even challenging type of a a twitter or a, a video component yeah they'll have to be better <laughs> i i've tried to do it like a few times when like I'll, I'll see like you know somebody i know is like going live or whatever and i'll click on it but it's like then like that's it it ties up your phone for for that whole like you can't really do anything else and every time you click out of it then you're you lose the thing and it's just yeah it's not very um, conducive to being able to do multiple things at, at once. And I, I, yeah, I don't see a lot of these, these old boomers figuring that shit out either. So they're going to have to really make it user-friendly and simple and accessible for them. Um, I wonder, I wonder if that doesn't maybe push Twitter into a, uh, like a Twitter video app type of a thing where that it's something because even even my parents have a smart TV or you know Roach a Roku or whatever where the you can you can put your Twitter video app on your Roku or your smart TV and yeah. you've subscribed to Tucker. You know Tucker's coming on at seven o'clock every night. You just click the app on your TV, pop it up. Yeah, and... something like that would work would work really well for them, I think. And yeah. Um, but I thought the some of the reaction to this, again, of course, on Twitter was pretty good. I saw that our favorite uh, X, <laughs> the what was the name of his show? Fucking, um, God, I've already forgotten what Brian Stelter. I can't remember what it is either. Uh, it, I think it's, I think it's funny that they got a guy who got fired to and never even came close to generating near what Tucker has to to come on and talk about how terrible it is that Tucker's moving. 
Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's hear what our, our favorite little piggy has to say. Brian Stelter. Uh pull that up for us. Cause yeah, the the predictable um yeah, the left's predictable reaction to this. I, I bet you could probably guess what it is, but go ahead and roll it. Okay, well, listen, Twitter was already under fire for misinformation, disinformation, all-out lies, anti-Semitism, racism, before Elon Musk took over, and now it's gotten kind of crazy, right? Seemingly unmoored, uh, if you will. Will anybody be able to police what Carlson says... Hmm. Or is this the point? It's just a free-for-all. I think this is the point. It is a free-for-all. It's what Elon Musk wants to provide. This move by Tucker may cement the idea of Twitter as a right-wing website. It's just so great, man. Um, Is there any way that we can police what this guy says? They don't even pretend that they're um, free speech advocates anymore. And... It's, right, it's insane. Like, yeah, it's just like Twitter is this racist, organ, you know, white supremacy, right wing craziness. Like before Elon Musk took it over, okay, um, that is just it is just so absurd to have that sort of perspective. And then this is this is what's going to cement it is um, Tucker Carlson having his own show on there. I wonder where all these. Um, all these crazy leftists are going to go now. Because a lot of them didn't leave after Elon Musk took over like they threatened to. There's been a slow migration to uh, Mastodon. I don't know if you've heard or if we've talked about Mastodon before. Um, There was a big push after Elon took over for all these leftists to move to Mastodon. And then within a couple months, of a whole bunch of them moving to Mastodon, a bunch of reports and stuff started coming out about how Mastodon had be- had had very recently become a haven for child pornography and all kinds of other like really crazed degenerate shit. And then all the leftists stopped talking openly about moving to Mastodon because it's it's funny when like they Elon buys Twitter, they all say we're going to Mastodon, and then like. Within a couple months of them all leaving to go to Mastodon, now Mastodon has become a, a haven for for uh, pedophiles and and uh, child pornography. Yeah, and, it's almost like they need a much bigger platform so that they can sort of hide in plain sight when they separate themselves out. It's just like, okay, now it's just like a Black Lives Matter rally where Kyle Rittenhouse could spit in any direction and hit a pedophile. <laughs> like, literally, that's what happened. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, these might not be the best people, which is why they always project onto everybody else that you're the worst version of, you know, what they would consider a person to be. You're a racist, you're a misogynist, you're a right wing, um, you know, extremist, blah, 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 blah. Um, if you're on Twitter and if you listen to Tucker Carlson, uh, it's. Well, like my big argument this whole time, whenever because I, you know, you'll see an article at least once a week that talks about how racist and misogynistic and how much hate speech and everything there is on Twitter. I'm like, if there's somebody who's going to be seeing that, it's me because I'm the perpetuator of a lot of that, and I don't see it yeah. at all. Like, you where think is it? Be all over your feed. Well, who was um, 
Elon Musk was doing an interview. Whose pocket? It might have been on part of the problem. It was that BBC one. Yeah, they aired some of it. And the guy was like, you know, um, there's all this like uptick in right wing extremism and all these racist comments. And Elon Musk like, "Uh, can you give me an example? And he's like, well, I haven't really um, I haven't really seen it in my feed because I don't really check it that often. (laughs) It's just like, give me one example of what you're talking about. And maybe and we could discuss it. it. And he could, he had nothing. He had not, they just say this as if it's fact and there's nothing to back it up. I haven't seen anything on Twitter. That's like, I've never before Elon Musk or after Elon Musk. Um, I, I just see a lot of retarded um, leftist tweets. That's what I see the most. Like these people are fucking retards. Um, we, we were talking about this on my morning show. The uh, like, which which feed do you use? Do you use the the for me or do you use the the actual like following? Yeah. Let me see I, what I'm on. I know I, Elon was like, you can change it, right? You can toggle back and forth. Yeah, you can you can use following and just see the stuff from the people that you actually follow. Or you um, can use yeah. the for you and it'll post stuff that's like recommended for you and everything. And and I I'm I love all the people who follow me and I love following all of them and seeing their content and stuff. I love the for you tab because it pops up some of the most ridiculous shit. And it's the stuff that it's, it's like giving me all of the stuff that I want to go and make fun of people for. Like it shows me all the crazy leftists. It shows me crazy internet videos. Like it's everything that I want out of life is right there in the for you. Like I I don't understand why people are denying themselves this, this enjoyment. Yeah. Well, and it's, I mean, I guess if, if, the for you tab is full of a bunch of right wing uh, racist extremist stuff. Maybe that says something about you because that's what mindset too. And I don't see any of this. And I, I do quite a, quite a bit of scrolling on Twitter these days. And yeah, I just see um, just really bad political takes. Um, I see a lot of socialists on there. Um, you know, the Bernie Sanders types that just say like the dumbest things. And, and then, yeah, you see like the the left wing libertarians with their just awful takes on every fucking topic. And it's just, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to uh, sort of engage in that sort of stuff. I, I don't I don't understand um, the lack, the lack of evidence. I mean, there's less. <laughs> I mean, this is the problem with this whole narrative that the U.S. is this uh, white supremacist nation. <laughs> It's like there's a lot of problems with it, except that there's so little, there's so few examples of it that you have to have Jesse Smollett like completely fabricate stories. And it turns out that like nine out of 10 of these so-called white supremacist stories are completely fabricated. And then the one out of 10 is is sort of framed in a way to make it a lot worse than it was. You know, it'll be like, oh, that guy, uh, Stop that chick from robbing Target. He just wanted an excuse to like beat up a black chick. And it's just like, well, that's one way of looking at it. But um, you could also just be like, he doesn't like society devolving into this shit show. How about that? You know? Um, and Twitter is like sort of the exact same way. They just keep saying that it's this racist thing, this white supremacist platform. And I, I mean, for the I, I can't I can't give you one example off the top of my head of something that I was like, ooh, that's a there's a racist guy there. 
I'd see more of it like just in the comments of like an article that I was, you know, if you like read an article from Drudge or something and you go down to the comments, you'll see some like racist stuff in there. But you won't like I don't see any of it on Twitter. That's the. But I guess now we will because Twitter, uh, it's been cemented. (laughs) The white supremacy is cemented with Tucker Carlson. The demand for white supremacy way, way outpaces the supply. Uh, and we, we'll uh, I think we'll we'll save it for Friday and talk about the Mexican white supremacists. That's that's the new that's the new uh, yeah. popular thing is to be the multicultural or multi. What, yeah, I think it was multicultural white supremacy is uh, is a new thing. They 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 coined that after the uh, after the midterms when a whole bunch of uh, Hispanic voters turned and started voting for republicans instead of democrats and so now it's so now we have multicultural white supremacy yeah because uh, obviously if you don't vote for a democrat that means you're a white supremacist whether you're i i can't believe they haven't so looking at voting demographics uh black males have been uh at least the ones who aren't felons and are allowed to vote has been ticking up significantly in voting for voting for Republicans as opposed to Democrats. I'm surprised they haven't figured out a way to spin uh, black ma- black men as, as a new form of white supremacist as well, or like Uncle Tom supremacist would probably be. The- yeah, it's got to start. It's a gradual process because remember years ago um, with, uh, oh God, what was his name? Trayvon Martin. He was just a white Hispanic. It wasn't a white supremacist Hispanic. <laughs> It was just white. But then gradually over the next decade or so, that whiteness uh, turned supreme. <laughs> well, you know what what would fix all of this white supremacy would be if uh, if they just started paying out reparations. I mean, anywhere from five to two hundred million dollars per person would probably be about enough. I, I think so. You know, five million is a little light, especially out in California. Oh, my God, dude. This is just, I don't even know what to, I mean, we've talked about the idea of reparations before on this show. It's just so insane. And, and just this idea that this is going to make everything right somehow. Um, I, I don't see how that, there's no satiating these people. If, if we've learned anything over the last uh, 15 years, it's that, um, Capitulate it like uh, capitulating the argument to them, be like, okay, yes, I, you know, we were uh, very racist and blah blah blah. We want to make up for it. That just emboldened that emboldens them more to just go even further with their narrative. Um, but this is yeah, California um, is. So have they voted on this yet? I don't think so. It's just think proposals. It's yeah. So yeah. They're, they're proposing. Um, and by the way, it's like. I believe they set up like some sort of uh, reparations board or something like a task force, a committee to, to to talk about. And it's all black people. And so it's just like, OK, yeah. Should we give black people millions of dollars? And lo and behold, they all voted to do that. <laughs> just like they're, they're talking about as much as five million dollars a person. And then I think it's after that they would get. um yeah. In addition to cash payments, the task force called for eligible residents to receive $13,619 for each year of residency due to racism in healthcare, $148,000 for each year between 1933 and 1977 for housing discrimination, 
and about 2,300 during the 49-year period between 71 and 2020 for mass incarceration and racist uh, policing. And then I think they want to give them like an annual salary. I don't know if it goes into that. But so you get the lump sum five million, and then after that you get like two hundred grand a year or something in in salary. Okay, okay. How are they going to make this work? Because I, I mean, California just defaulted on like eighteen billion dollars worth of uh, debt, like within the last week or so. Uh, I mean, you know, I guess in the grand scheme of. Uh, $30 trillion national deficit, 18 billion is not that much, but you know, when they're, when they talk about raising the debt ceiling and how America, America pays its bills, uh, California, according to all the crazed leftists has the fifth largest GDP in the planet. And yet they're literally bankrupt and defaulting on billions worth of their own debt. So how, how does that work out? Yeah. Um, yeah, look at this. 77% of black Americans now support reparations. <laughs> like, hey, would you guys like, I'm, I'm surprised that that number seems kind of low. I'm surprised uh, 100% of black Americans don't want to check for 5 million. Uh, well, yeah. they, they could only poll the ones who weren't in prison, so. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, the uh, the African American Reparations Advisory Committee. That's the the term I was looking for. Yeah, that they're going to give all, all black eligible black uh, residents reparations. I mean, this is just the other thing that makes this hilarious is that California didn't even have black slaves. Like slavery was abolished before they, fucking, before they got over there. Um, they did, however, enslave a bunch of Asians. <laughs> nobody, nobody looking to give Asians um, reparations. The other right, thing I was just going to say, if, if anybody's getting reparations in the state of California, it should be Asians. Right. But instead, they're they're held to higher standards uh, to get into colleges and things like that. Um, the other thing I thought was funny, I think somebody commented on this is like, are we going to are um, our Native Americans going to have to pay some of these reparations? Because apparently Native Americans had about had some black slaves as well, the Cherokees and some other tribes had some black slaves so that would be an interesting conversation to have uh, uh, uh where's the money where's the yeah where's the money going to come from another good question but it's like also like how do you decide the the eligibility i forget what the requirements were like you had to have lived in california before like a certain time but it's just like there's so many rich black people in california that like some poor white guy's going to have to pay more taxes in in order to give like uh Oprah Winfrey her fucking reparations it, it's just so fucking crazy man like who like none of us did any of this like i i haven't oppressed anybody uh you haven't oppressed anybody we've just been living um none of these people were enslaved none of their especially in California. But the idea of like making somebody pay for the, the sins of uh, prior generations just because we have the, the same skin color of them is it absolutely insane. Like they consider, uh, you know, you and me to be the exact same person as a, a slave owner a couple hundred years ago just because we have the same skin color. So are they are they going to 
do it just across the board. Like if you just show up and you you're black, it's like okay, you get like you you get five million dollars or whatever. All right, because I, I thought at one time there there was talk about like you had to you had to actually be able to prove a family ancestry that linked back to someone who was owned by slaves. So I feel like like with that, you know, there's the one uh, founder, one of the Black Lives Matters founders. Who's a who's a big reparations activist and everything? They uh they ran her they ran her genealogy and discovered that she actually was descended from a uh, a very wealthy slave owning black family. So like her her uh she's she was not a, she's not a descendant of slaves. She's actually a descendant of the, of slave owners. And she like got all pissed off and stormed out in the middle of the interview when they when they showed that to her like it was some it was amazing like one of the best internet clips ever <laughs> like it are those are they going to actually like run some genealogy and and put a burden of proof on like you have to be able to verifiably prove that you were or that your ancestors were uh you know products of slavery like how, how are they going to go about doing i'm I'm sure with considering who this task force is made up of, they're not going to put any of those requirements on it. But yeah, well, I'm trying to find it now. Yeah, because they've been talking about this for a while. This is sort of like a year in the making. Um, So some of the requirements have kind of gone back and forth. Uh, Oh, they get a formal apology. (laughs) That's nice. I'm sorry that somebody did something to somebody else 200 years ago. It's a debt that's owed. We worked for free. We're not asking. We're telling you. I I would be willing to bet nobody on this uh, task force has worked, period. Yeah. Sorry. So people who are descendants of enslaved people or free Black people who were in the U.S. before 1900 would qualify for reparations. Uh, they voted to recommend that only those individuals who are able to demonstrate that they are descendants of either an individual enslaved in the U.S. or an individual who was present in the U.S. prior to 1900 be eligible for monetary reparations. Um, they decided a 5 to 4 vote. Uh, making reservations universal to all 2.6 million uh, oh yeah, some so some of them suggested just make it make it for everybody. Um, they lost that vote five to four. So, oh wow, that, yeah, that's close. That's impressively close considering the. Uh, can't believe they actually lost that vote. I guess they. I guess this is like a the task force will put it all together or whatever, but it'll still have to make it through state legislature. I yeah, guess. they can't this task force can't unilaterally do this. They're not, they don't have any authority. So I'm sure there's some extent to which they, they looked at some things like that and they're like, yeah, if we say, if we, if we just give it, you know, flat straight out to everybody there, there will never be an agreement to to do this. Like it'll, even in crazy California, they still, they'll still have to get it, uh, get it through all the correct legal loopholes. And there, there will probably be enough pushback. So. Yeah, I, I think this is, a, this is a pipe dream. The idea that there's people like working on this is just, it goes to show you how insane California is. I wonder what their salary is for being a part of this task force. Like how much are they getting paid per meeting? Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, wow. I, I This would probably, I think, if anything would solidify um, secession, it would be something like this. It could... Um... 
So, you know, there's been a mass, I mean, a fairly significant mass migration out of California because of the crazed leftist bullshit. This this could trigger a significant mass migration to California if they were to just, if it I would mean, probably be both ways. Yeah. If I was black, I'd fucking get over into California. Especially if you had any inkling of a, of a belief that you could, you could legitimately verify that you were a descendant of slave of slaves like yeah yeah and i know when i originally heard that they were discussing this and i think it was either really early this year or sometime last year it was like you had to have been in california before they even discussed like started you know within like the last 10 years or something you'd already had to have established yourself there i don't know how you'd get around that but it was hard for me to take this seriously when one of the early conversations that was being had around how to determine who got reparations was that you had to <clears throat> you had to have identified as a black person for more than 18 months so you so like whenever they say that you know if you're all black people are eligible for reparations i can't just show up and say well i identify as black now like if i had been identifying as a black person for the last 18 months yeah. then i would be eligible but but if I if I just decided today to be to be black so I can go get a reparations, so, then it doesn't count. So and since we're talking about this, you need to go get with your uh, state and local governments and file all of your paperwork to be identified as black on everything. That way, as whenever this does pass, you can move to California and get all that money because yeah, you have you will be identified as for long enough. Yeah, Rachel Dolezal qualifies. <laughs> It's just Rachel Dolezal on King. <laughs> if if I can just fuck, and then the other, remember that chick who uh, she got like so tan. She went through like a super tanning regimen, and then she got like huge fake tits and fake lips and a fake ass. And I can't. I I think we played. Did we play it on the show? Maybe we did, or maybe I was just laughing at it myself. I can't remember, but it was almost like I, I couldn't tell if she was trolling or not, but she was trying to turn herself into a black woman because she thought they were so beautiful or something. I figured out why it's only 30, or 77%. I, I do recall having seen some videos of black chicks who identify as white girls. They they wash their hair every day and they they wear, you know, like, white girl clothes and they they change their accents and and talk real like uh valley girlish and like so i mean maybe, the, maybe yeah well it's just like you know the same thing that's going to happen like let's say hypothetically they gave every black person five million dollars like even just forget about the inflationary nature of that um do you remember did you see the Chappelle show skit where black people got reparations and he was just joking. He was like, <laughs> I just bought this straight up cash. And they're like falling all over themselves to give the money back to white people. Like this is what happens when the government doles out money to poor people. Um, you inevitably just go buy something from a rich person and they get the money back. Like it all, like all this income inequality, if you're measuring the dollar amounts of things, the government prints out a trillion dollars, gives it to people. And then you end up like, you know, they close down a bunch of small businesses. So you go on Amazon and you buy a bunch of shit. So in, in essence, they just gave that money to Jeff Bezos, but with extra steps. 
And you just getting a check from somebody, you just getting $5 million when you know you didn't earn it, it's not going to make you happy. Um, and you probably won't keep, like if you couldn't um, get your finances in order when you didn't have $5 million, having more money is not going to turn you into like a um, somebody who doesn't have that sort of poverty mindset. Like you will blow it. Guarantee it's like what happens to all these lottery winners you know they're not happy they end up losing a lot of the money they make bad decisions with it and it's just going to you know it, it would make me feel like worse you know um almost as if they thought i'm like a second-class citizen or they pity me or something so they're giving me this money um it, it wouldn't it wouldn't make you feel good about yourself. It wouldn't, let's say, you know, you thought you were um, owed something for slavery. This wouldn't really fix anything on that well, level. Like the, uh, you know, poor, poor is a mindset. It's a, it's a lifestyle. It's like, it's something that's deeply entrenched. It, it doesn't change because you get money. Yeah. Um, remember there was a, there was a thing. It was like a documentary that was done. It's been several years ago now. But they they gave like life changing money to a homeless guy and like checked back in with him every month or so over the course of a year. And literally within a year, he was homeless, living under the exact same bridge that he had been under when they gave him all the money. Like it it doesn't money doesn't fix shit. And and yeah, it'll be it, it it'll be a huge boom to uh like the big businesses and stuff because you know they're not gonna they're not get, they're not gonna go support black businesses with this money <laughs> they're yeah, not maybe, gonna you know i'm sure some you know some people would um that have i you know aspirations to start their own business and obviously that would that would go a long way to doing that to starting your own thing if they just give you five million in seed money but the vast majority of people are just going to fucking blow it on things and like you said like people you know, anybody can go broke from time to time. You could have a, you know, fall on hard times for a, a short period of time. You're broke. But poor, being poor is a fucking mindset. It is a way of life for you. And th there's a big difference between those two things. And yeah, the government just stroking you a check um, and giving you an apology, like this fucking bullshit apology. Um, it's not going to solve whatever this uh, perceived problem is it's just going to fucking make everything worse because now all these people that don't get the five million are going to be that much more um angry about their situation right like how many people are going to not be able to prove that they were descendants of slaves or end up finding out but you know, just like yeah but just because you're not a descendant of slave like i don't know that let's say i'm a, a racist white supremacist i see a black person um, the fact whether or not they were descendants of slaves does not um change the way I treat them, right? So if this is like a, a horrible racist society and we're holding down black people, it's not like, wait a minute, were you a descendant of a slave? Okay, I'm gonna hold you down. Oh, you weren't? Okay, then I'm not gonna bother you. It's like, is oh. it is it a problem because of the way they look, or is it a problem because of their ancestry? Oh, I see. I was thinking about it from the from the black people's perspective of it, like if you move out to California thinking you're about to get like this massive payday 
and then they check your ancestry and it turns out that you were actually you know like the like the blm chick you were actually the slave owner your family was actually the slave owners or you don't have any connection to slavery whatsoever you just happen to like be here and of you know a dark skin color then and then you don't qualify then that's going to create a whole bunch of animosity like people are people are gonna be like what why did they get it but i don't we're yeah. We're all the same. And, because, yeah, that doesn't change the, the fact that all this racism is institutionalized. That's right. It, yeah, the institutionalization doesn't just pass over these black people because they were they were not descendants of slaves or something like that. It's uh, yeah, the whole thing. Just none, none of it makes any sense, man. It's. I don't know. Fucking California. Yeah. Anyway. What else? Uh, what else we got on the docket there? Uh, speaking of uh, paying out millions of dollars, it seems like Joe Biden's been getting uh, getting his hands on. Oh some yeah, of that. yeah. So there's there's a couple of um, political corruption stories in the news today. One, I think, I mean, one is obviously this one that n- almost nobody is covering um, in, in terms of like the corporate press, which is that. Yeah, there's a lot of chatter now of going after Hunter Biden and the Bidens for 10 million and uh, at least 10 million in foreign payments. They, if you scroll down, um, they, yeah, they set up 20 LLCs while Biden was a uh, vice president. Um, at least 15 of the LLCs were formed uh, after he became VP. Several of which were co-owned by Hunter. They're they're taking payments from anywhere from five thousand to three million, uh, from, you know, all kinds of foreign government. the The whole thing just like stinks to high heaven. the The idea that you're going to have twenty LLCs, what could you possibly need twenty LLCs for? Unless you're trying to launder a whole lot of money, or cover up, you know, where you, where where you're getting it from. <laughs> Yeah, uh, these complex, uh, complicated financial tra- transactions appear to conceal the source of funds and reduce the conspicuous conspicuousness of the total amounts made to the Biden bank accounts. Chinese nationals and companies with significant ties to China, uh, Chinese intelligence agency, Chinese Communist Party hid the source of the funds by layering domestic LLCs. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously they're up to something. I mean, you don't you don't make it to be. Um, in politics for fucking whatever it is, 30, 40 years, however long Biden's been in there um, and, and make it to vice presidency or presidency without being corrupt. I, I just don't think you can navigate the the U.S. government system without doing shit like this. Um, and a lot of it was uh, connected to Hunter and, and Joe Biden's brother, I think it was like there was all kinds of craziness with all this yeah, uh, yeah. james yeah. james comer is the head of the committee he's from it it's uh, right here he's from kentucky he's actually a pretty good dude um su- surprisingly one of the few like representatives that's not a complete uh like bureaucratic piece of shit Com- comer is actually a really really stand-up guy for the most part and uh this is he he had gone on it's been a couple months ago he had gone on I think it was like the Sunday morning show on Fox and they asked him about the committee and like the investigation and, and what they were finding from this. And he said, everything that you would think we might be finding in this, 
it's so much worse. Uh, and and after that interview, like nothing has been said about it. The whole they uh, it it gets this whole thing, this whole investigation, like gets deliberately stamped down by the corporate press, even even by Fox. Like Fox won't even cover it anymore. It, um, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and it's. I wonder if now since it's sort of it's sort of trickling into the the mainstream. It's almost like they're putting this out there just in case they want to use it later on, maybe to take Biden out of play or something for, for 2024. I don't think they want him to run again. I don't know who they think is going to take his place, but I, I you know, you wonder I mean, why the this is coming out now. That's the problem is they've, they've almost got to keep Biden on the hook because they don't have a better option. Nobody likes Kamala. Nobody like booty judge just doesn't get the he just doesn't get people excited um like none of their other none of their other options are legitimate presidential options they don't have and and they can't they can't turn it over to robert kennedy oh that, no, absolutely not um he's i mean that's the whole reason they shut down even the idea of debates is because kennedy would get up there and just absolutely annihilate biden on a stage so they're just not even going to do debates. Marianne Williamson is in the same boat. Like they they don't want her. Uh, her and her and Kennedy are too. They're too moderate. They're actually like sane people for the most part. I, I mean, I don't think Marianne Williamson is actually a sane person. Yeah, she's but nobody, but yeah. <laughs> she's she's a she, you know she's a far cry from Joe Biden and some of the other stuff. So like their only option is Biden. They 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 don't have a better choice. Like if somebody's going to keep Donald Trump from getting reelected in 2024, they're only the only option they have is Biden. Anybody else is going to get absolutely spanked. Yeah. I'm a little surprised that Gavin Newsom hasn't thrown his hat in the ring yet. And he's been kicking it around, but yeah, he hasn't actually come out officially yet. And I don't think, uh, I don't know. I just don't think he would be able to, I don't think so because I mean, yeah, he doesn't. It would just be hilarious again if uh, some old rich white guy was the face of the Democratic Party again, whose dad was like a CEO of Getty Oil or something. I forget exactly what his position was, but yeah, an oil fucking oligarch's kid. Um, that would be hilarious. I mean, he's Nan he's Nancy Pelosi's nephew, I think. Yeah, dude, uh, it, it's such a weird fucking tangled mess this whole elite class is bizarre and nobody's going to challenge biden like you just don't like bernie sanders isn't going to challenge like the the incumbent uh sitting president of his party so it's just yeah i don't know what their what the plan is here but the um what i thought was interesting was sort of the the juxtaposition that you see in the media between that story, the fact that um, it's it's now basically been fucking proven that the Biden crime family is completely corrupt. I mean, we had all those, um, you know, the stuff from the Hunter Biden laptop, you know, the cut for the big guy. And then who was that? That Polish dude that came out and he was like the big guy's Joe Biden. I forget his name is like Bobolinsky or something. <laughs> Some SKI name, you know, he's big Polak. Uh but yeah, so like this is basically just a 20 LLCs. I mean, there's just no way that this is legitimate. 
um, business practices. And then you have uh, what they're going after Donald Trump for, uh, you know, paying off some hooker. And then this guy, this Republican out of New York, Santos, he, yeah. he just surrendered himself to authorities. Um, he's being charged, I think it was like seven counts of wire fraud, uh, a few other things. Mm-mm. Yeah, 13 counts, wire fraud, money laundering, stealing public funds, and lying to um, lying to Congress, I think, <laughs> the most serious of charges. But yeah, so they're they're taking this. I, I saw on Twitter that the trend was like Santos and Trump. They're like trying to tie this guy to Trump because I guess they're both from New York. And I think Trump endorsed him when he was running for office. Um, but yeah, they're just the way if you I don't know at, anything about I say I don't know anything about this. And this is the first I've heard about this guy. I don't, maybe I don't pay enough attention to certain things. I'm too busy being racist. Yeah. Yeah. All I know is that like he was uh, Mr. Santos fraudulently claimed unemployment benefits made available during the coronavirus pandemic. I mean, didn't we all? That was the game. <laughs> he received 24,000 in unemployment. I uh, was drawing 120,000 a year from a Florida based investment firm. Uh, knowingly made false statements on financial disclosure forms. Uh, uh, mislead the House of Representatives and public about finances. Uh, he inflated his salary during campaign. It's just like, yeah, okay. Um, I, I just you if you look at the reaction, they're like, this is this is why the Republicans are going after, you know, the Biden family for corruption. It's to cover up these two guys, like, and it's just, I mean, say what you want. I, my back. I lost you there for. I yeah, lost was, you there for a second. Was that your internet or my? It was mine. Uh, you were. Kind of starting to, your audio was spazzing out a little bit, and then you just yeah, dropped just it out. Yeah. Uh, good old Mexican internet. Um, uh, I say the last thing I heard you saying, you were talking about um, the money that he'd gotten from Florida. Oh, really? That was, that was a while ago. I was talking for like a minute after that. Um, I, well, I, I just find it fascinating that like this, this is getting so much more attention than the sitting president taking tens of millions of dollars in payments from foreign countries. Um, it, it, it's unbelievable. And, and then that the the amount of effort that they go through to tie this guy to Donald Trump for some reason, it, it's it's really interesting to watch them watch them operate i guess you would say like like you said i don't know much about this guy either i just know that he's a republican uh out of new york and he was in like the first openly gay campaign rate like two gay guys that were out who were campaigning against each other and he won maybe another good example to just not fucking vote for somebody based on their sexuality (laughs) because they could be a corrupt piece of shit (laughs) it's just like um, but yeah, it's, it's a little surprising who gets, I, I just feel like almost every single one of these people in Congress could be charged with this sort of stuff. Maybe that's my bias coming in, but if not all of them, I think a huge portion of them could be charged with the same kind of crimes. I mean, how many, how many LLCs do you think Nancy Pelosi has set up? 
and taking fucking payments from all kinds of different um uh you know countries and shit like that who was the there was a congresswoman who dumped a ton of stock um like the day before the last bank collapsed um shoot anyway yeah she had a she had a ton of money invested in uh some of the things that this that were directly tied to um shoot why am i forgetting the name of that bank now anyway first republic oh yeah 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 uh so she she had a, a significant investments that were directly tied to first republic and literally the day before it folded she dumped all of her stock I sold everything on. Yeah. And you see that every fucking time. I mean, there's that one um, account that tracks Nancy Pelosi's trade, but it's not just her. It's like anytime a congressman or woman or whatever makes some significant investment or divestment in something, they kind of point it out. Um, Yeah, they're 100%. They could all be charged with insider trading. And if you were to do any of those things, they would fucking throw you in prison like they did with Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart, like, avoided a $75,000 loss or something like that. Like, it wasn't that much money. And it was, and she went to fucking prison over it. It's just like, and these people are making hundreds of millions of dollars. They're, tra- they're out trading the biggest fucking um, hedge funds on Wall Street. As And I mean, just take a look at Nancy Pelosi and be like, really? This is the woman who's uh, who's if she started a hedge fund, she'd blow all of them out of the water, apparently. OK. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, please. And so, yeah, they've exempt themselves from a lot of these rules. And. I just feel like they could pretty much go after anybody that's been in office for any significant amount of time for wire fraud, anti-money like the other thing is there's just so many laws on the books. It's like they could there's 15,000 pages of fucking anti-money laundering bullshit that you could probably fucking find something in there to go after people for. Well, what gives Nancy the benefit is she's got Paul handling all of that. And, you know, Paul, Paul is obviously at the top of this game. He spends most of his time getting hammered and also drunk driving. So. <laughs> Whatever happened with the fucking hammer guy? Nothing, nothing at all. It it went away as soon as people started asking questions. God, that was so bizarre. That <laughs> was so fucking bizarre. Every time I watched that clip, it was just like one of those, one of those pictures where it's just like the more you look at it, the more like weird things you see out of place. It's just like, why are they standing there as underwear? What is the fucking hammer for? <laughs> Oh, my God. These are the elites, though, you know. These are the ones running the country. Leaders of the free world. Yeah. Where would we be without our wise overlords uh, in Washington, D.C.? All right. Do we have one more uh, little quick story to go through, or should we just wrap on that? All the other stuff that we've got uh, seems like good Good Friday fair. It's, uh, it's some funny clips from Trump uh the, the trump, yeah the trump deposition is going to be fucking hilarious dude yeah i think we ought to cover that on friday because with the uh with the ruling that was made yesterday and everything else it's uh i think that i think that makes for for some good friday fair all right we're we doing a happy hour this weekend 
What was the result of a poll? I tried to look for it. I didn't see it on there. You didn't pin it to the top of the page like you said you were going to. I did. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> I just got distracted by the meme stream then. I think that popped up first. Well, I keep the meme stream top uh, tagged to the top top, and then that, the poll was second. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just went through the memes, and I was like, all right, that's enough. Uh, so uh, the result, the final result was everybody voted for Thursday except for one person. I can't remember who the one person is, but I'm sorry. And you're not going to get to continue your Friday memes or your uh, Friday happy hour because everybody else voted for Thursday. Unless Johnny decides that he doesn't spoken. actually like democracy and does whatever he wants anyway. Um, I was sort of leaning towards Thursday myself, so... <laughs> <laughs> even if everybody had voted to keep it Friday, it would have to be like overwhelming. And it doesn't sound like it is overturn me. So yeah, let's do one Thursday. Uh, I guess the same time is probably good. The seven 30 good. I'll be at work. I'll get you. I'm, I'm halfway through a extremely long block this time. So I'll get it set up and uh, I'll try to participate as much as I can. Oh, if not, yeah. so let's, you can watch let's, me sit at my desk. Let's see how Thursday goes. And uh, yeah, we'll do a, a Friday live episode with some pretty fucking hilarious content. These clips are so great, man. It's it's like the all of the uh, I know Media Matters has been like throwing out like a million clips and stories about Tucker Carlson trying to like make people hate him. Not like, first of all, anybody you like watches media matters or something already hated tucker carlson it's not like these clips are going to make them hate him even more and anybody else that they're trying to convert into anti-tucker carlson-ness finds these clips to be like endearing <laughs> like almost into, like they like him more than uh than before the clips came out and these clips from the trump deposition i mean they're just so funny man they're so fucking funny. They're definitely going to backfire. Like anybody who is like on the fence about Donald Trump is not going to be pushed to the, the Trump derangement syndrome side because of uh, what he said in this deposition. But apparently he's being uh, he has to pay a settlement to that lady, Jean something or other, who he claims not to even know. He had to pay her five million dollars from uh sexually abusing her or something or beating her i i, I think he uh, assaulted her somehow they they said she said she said he right she said he raped her the yeah. jury couldn't find any evidence that he actually raped her but they gave her a 5 million dollar settlement because of it even though there's no evidence that he actually did anything she can't remember when it happened she doesn't have any recollection or any like real evidence other than she thought that it did at some point, like even when it originally happened in like 1996, yeah. the whole thing, the, it never became anything because there was no evidence. There was no proof that they knew each other in any way. Whenever she came forward, Trump's Trump said, look at her. She's clearly not my type. I would never go after somebody like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just so goddamn funny. But yeah, 1996, dude, it was like 27 fucking years ago. <laughs> just like, come on, man. <laughs> I don't know. The whole thing is fucking ridiculous, but it's hilarious. We're going to get into it on Friday. And I feel like I sent you some other stuff too, but oh, the COVID. Did we talk about the vaccine stuff being reversed? You didn't send me anything on oh, that. Or at I'm, looking at, I'm looking you at it. it. No, you motherfuckers. Don't lie. Don't you lie to our fans. He always oh, just I said it yesterday. 
I think I said it, yeah, maybe even before yesterday. It might have been Monday I sent it to you. Before we decided to roll the episode to Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, it's in there. But anyway, Friday is going to be a fun show. So um, tune into that. We're going to do, what is it, 2.30 live Central Central time? Yes. Okay. 2.30 live Central Standard Time on Friday. Follow us on Twitter at Pedal Fiction at JakeCamp1521. Do all that for us, and we will be back, like I said, on Friday Live with a brand new episode for you. Until then, you know the drill. Just keep on pedaling that so-called fiction. Peace. Peace.